Hello. Now, in this episode, it's fantastic to be talking with Daniela Santilli from Reese Plumbing. She's the bathroom marketing leader for Reese Plumbing, and you're going to love the advice that she has to share about selecting your bathroom fixtures to ensure that you're getting great quality, functionality, and beautiful bathrooms. So, let's dive in. Welcome to Get It Right with the Undercover Architect. This is the podcast all about designing, building or renovating your home. I'm your host, Amelia Lee. Think of me as your secret ally. I am on a mission to help you create a home that makes your life better, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget. Together we'll uncover the nitty gritty of how to get it right and how to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in. So join me now. Now, before we dive into the interview, if you're listening because you want to get it right in your home's interior design, well, let me take a moment to tell you about the online program, Interior Design 101. If you're like most homeowners I know, dreaming, planning and choosing the interior design, finishes and items in your home, it's one of the fantastic and exciting highlights of any renovation or new build project. And yet it can also be a minefield of options, confusion and overwhelm. Would you like to simplify those choices and have total clarity and confidence that your interior design will help you create your beautiful, functional, feel-good home? Well, that's exactly why Interior Design 101 was created. Interior Design 101 is a self-study DIY program. It contains the full version of all the interviews that are included in the podcast season. I couldn't put all of the questions into the podcast, so we've got the full interviews in both audio and video format, plus extra content that's been specifically created for Interior Design 101. There's full transcripts of all of our interviews. There's also extra checklists, guides, design layouts, and so much good stuff to support you in the interior design of your renovation new home or smaller project. This program has been designed to help you gain clarity and confidence in all those selections and decisions that you need to make for the finishes, fixtures, colours, materials and items that you'll be living with every day. So if you'd like to learn more about Interior Design 101, then head to www.interiordesign101.com.au and that's the numbers, the numerals 101. So Interior Design 101.com.au and I'll pop that link in the show notes as well. Now let's kick off our episode. Daniela Santilli is the bathroom marketing leader for Reese Plumbing and she's been with the business for 11.5 years now. Heading up the bathroom marketing business at Reese brings together her passion for beautiful functional design and architecture with her commitment to outstanding customer experience in retail. The Reese Group operates Australia's largest plumbing and bathroom supply business, as well as eight others in allied industries. Reese's plumbing and bathroom products are sourced both locally and internationally, which you can find in over 600 Reese locations across Australia and New Zealand. And they're continually expanding into fresh areas, developing new technologies and systems and pioneering innovative plumbing and bathroom products. Now, In this interview, I'm talking with Daniela about bathrooms and how to confidently select the various fixtures that you need for your bathrooms. But don't forget, though, that Reese also has kitchen tapware and sinks, and it's got a great range of appliances. So you can definitely enjoy shopping for those items as well. And there's a huge range of useful resources on their website, including a 3D bathroom planner and a bathroom renovation guide. The Reese website is actually fantastic, and you can really enjoy exploring all of their products 
products online, see pictures and dimensions and features and information. It's super convenient for you. So be sure to check out the resources because I've got links to all of those things. Look, Daniela is a wealth of information, of knowledge, tips and advice when it comes to making the best selections for your interior plumbing fixtures. It's really great to be bringing you her expertise. I loved this conversation. There's so many gold nuggets in here. You're going to, I think you're going to find this super helpful. So I do hope that you enjoy this episode. Let's listen now. Well, Daniela, thank you so much for being with us today. It's fantastic to be meeting and speaking with you. I have uh, used Reese products for a very, very long time in my career now. They've always been fantastic quality and uh, yeah, we've always loved using them. So I'm just wondering if you can tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Reese. Definitely. Uh, my role, I'm the bathroom marketing leader with Reese. Been at Reese for over 11 years now. Um, and our role as uh, a marketing team for bathrooms is that we celebrate bathroom happiness. So at Reese, we are all about customised service. Every bathroom is individual and different. Um, and really is our service proposition is how do we bring bathroom happiness to everybody in the marketplace? Um, and what it means to them in terms of their lifestyle. And we also look after a very large portfolio of bathroom brands um, that we uh, deliver exclusively to the Australian market, and that's made up of our own brands and it's made up of national and international brands that we source. We look to get best in category um, from across the world, whether it be um, toilets, tapware, basins, furniture, whatever it may be. Um, and we have a true passion to really bring the best from a design, from a function and from an innovation and technology. The Fair to say the market's exploded when it comes to um, materials used in the bathroom space. And so for us, bathroom happiness seeds through everything we do. So we look after the Reese brand in totality, our portfolio of brands and products um, with our collective collaborative team across merchandising and marketing um, and the operations team and uh, our store design and customer experience. So it's very multifaceted, but anything to do with the touch points across any of our customer segments, because fair to say, we have many. We have architects and designers as a, as a team of people we work with, um, the end homeowner, consumer, plumbers, builders, uh, engineers, so a lot of different segments that work across the bathroom space um, and we cater for each of those. That's fantastic. That's a huge kind of bucket of stuff to be managing. So yeah, it's very impressive. And I love that idea of bathroom happiness. I mean, bathrooms are where we start and end our days. And I, you know, I know I'm personally seeing this impact the choices that people make in the design of them, the sizing of them, what they're including in them. What are you seeing in terms of, I suppose, the, the approaches that people are adopting and how they want to shape their bathroom spaces to reflect the fact that this is where they start and end their days? Well, it's um, yeah, it's interesting. We we talk about that it's an environment, it's a very emotive environment in terms of the bathroom because we start and end our days there, and lots of other intimate moments all through the day in terms of that personal space. So what we've really seen is the bathrooms evolve from being that real functional utility room um, to then becoming uh, a space of. Um, call it aesthetics, we moved from function to form and we've really gone to that higher place in terms of well-being and rejuvenation and um, a contemplation room, I suppose, is, is a different way of looking at it and it's about coming to it from an emotional perspective so that 
Um, it's not just Reese saying this in terms of us being leaders in the market and really making uh, or helping people think differently about the bathroom space, but what we look at doing is really reflecting where uh, consumers or homeowners are at, and it really is about how do I want to feel in this space. Um, and different bathrooms take on different functions. So are we talking about the ensuite? Are we talking about the crowd pleaser main bathroom or is it the powder room? They all play different roles in the home and the home's changing and that's a discussion point that we've um, spent a bit of time in recent um, months or the past 18 months is, well, what is home? Like what does a household look like? It's not just um, mum and dad and um, average 2.2 kids. Uh, it makes up many different forms for different cultures and for people in different um, stages of their life. Uh, so a household may be multi-generational, a household may be many adults in, in the environment. Um, and uh, so as a result of that, the shift is changing and people are wanting to live longer in their homes. So how do we plan or how do we future-proof bathrooms uh, for um, an older person or have your bathroom age with you? So there's lots of different discussion points that I'm sure we're going to touch on. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's a, lot to, uh, it's a lot to consider, isn't it? And it's generally quite a compact room relatively to the rest of your floor plan. It's a space that really needs to perform and be durable and functional. And yet we do have a lot of aesthetic expectations of it now because we are trying to bring in that sense of relaxation and sanctuary and that create that really great emotional feeling with the space so I can imagine you guys have got a lot of agendas to balance uh, for a lot of different demographics when you're piecing this all together so it's quite interesting um, I can just picture the kinds of conversations that you guys must have in terms of forecasting what you sort of the next thing is going to be that you need to bring them the marketplace so now the Reese website is an incredible resource and I'm going to pop links into the resources because there's design guidelines there's frequently asked questions there's uh, trend suggestions there's a, like a wealth of information there for anybody needing help and support through their bathroom design and through the selection process. I wanted to go through some of the individual fixtures with you in terms of your expertise and understanding some tips and ideas about how people make their selections. So we're first going to cover basins. Now there's lots of different types. There's uh, above counter or vessel basins. There's wall mounted basins. We've got semi-recessed basins, inset vanity basins, semi-inset basins, under counter basins and pedestal basins <laughs> which is just it's a huge selection but it's uh it's great because it means there's a kind of a basin for every situation what are your top tips when it comes to actually selecting a basin and thinking about the other things that you might need to get with it like a bottle trap or those kinds of things how do you recommend people make the right choice for themselves Okay, so first of all, it depends which bathroom are we talking about. So once again, as I said before, for the powder room, it's usually a statement piece that you want to make. So the basin really turns, takes on it, design is first and foremost um, in people's mind. And, and in that instance, what we see, you get amazing design with above counter basins. So how can you have a striking grooming area in terms of the vanity and the basin um, and, and the counter basin comes into play there. You then go move into a main bathroom bathroom and or ensuite and we ask ourselves okay well what's the design vision for the room and how are people going to be using the space so in terms of what's the most typical I'd say to, in today's marketplace a semi-inset basin where you've got part of the basin above the counter and the rest hidden above it gives you that really slimline type of look 
gives you a bit of design cue, but also from a functional point of view, very easy, especially with kids in terms of being able to access um, the taps and, and being able to use that space quite functionally. Others that from a design cue that want the bench, pace, uh, bench top and the marble to be the main feature and the vanity to be the main feature, then the basin takes on a secondary piece and the undercounter basin comes into play. So you'd see in multi-res, a lot of undercounters get used. In en-suites, we see a lot of undercounters get used. But it really depends what's your function and aesthetic brief for the space. Semi-recessed comes into play when there's no room uh, or little room, not no room, little room. <laughs> Um, and so you still want to be having a very functional space. You still want to be having um, some design cue in that space where you can achieve that with a semi-recessed type basin. And when you're extremely short of space, that's where wall basins a lot of the time come into play, um, also in commercial areas and, and, and other areas. However, we also see wall basins and freestanding basins come into play when you really want to make a statement. So whether you've got a small space and no room, a wall basin gets used, or once again within a powder room space where you say, okay, um, I want to be lavish or really make a statement and, and the basin's going to do that for me. I'm not going to use furniture to do that for me. Um, and freestanding basins do that extremely well. Yeah, I think that it's really interesting to see the difference in the choice in the combination with the joinery selection that you might be making and how that, that then plays into your colour selection and the palette overall, whether you want to see the floor running through continuously and see a lot of the wall space as well and potentially have that freestanding basin with the bottle trap or something like that. So it's really, and I think too, it's really a case of people understanding too how much range have they got to stand back from the basin and get that view because there's no point you investing all of this money in the kind of the big spacious basin if you're going to be standing right up against it and never get that full sense of display. And equally, I've seen people make the mistake of installing the freestanding basin and forgetting to specify the bottle trap. And the basin's the first thing you see actually sort of like you're walking through the walk-in robe to the ensuite and it's fully, all the plumbing's fully exposed and they completely forgot about it. So... Yeah. And that was the other point you made. So whether it's the waste and the bottle trap, today with tapware changing and different tastes coming through other than chrome, um, really important to either com um, to complement or contrast the bottle trap and waste with the tapware. So that's always a consideration um, as people are making their choices. Fantastic. Now, Daniela, there's a few different material types that you can get basins in. Obviously, there's a cast solid surface, uh, a ceramic or a vitreous china, and all of those are listed on the Reese site whenever you look at the different basin types. Can you tell us a little bit about what the difference between those materials are for homeowners to make a confident selection? Sure. So, I mean, VC, which is China ceramic, similar, and the solid surface is you're getting that more matte finish where you've got stone and resin as a mixture or composite size to get the solid surface look. And it really is horses for courses. So what's the look you're going for? Are you looking for that VC gloss? Are you looking for that matte type finish? And, and, and it's more from a tactility perspective in terms of solid surface, in terms of what people are looking for. And what we see with an ageing population, tactility is becoming more important. You know, How do you want to warm up the space when it comes to the bathroom? So in terms of materiality, it's the aesthetic of it that you're looking for and the tactility really in terms of how do you 
how do you work with those surfaces? Each of them work um, from a functional point of view in exactly the same way. Um, we do have people comment on cleaning of solid surface. Um, it's no harder or, or easier than it is with VC. It's just a different process. So when you're looking with solid surface, it really is um, following the instructions and potentially using a touch more of a GIF or some, some other sort of um, cleaning agent. Um, that you would clean it differently um, than what you would a VC, but otherwise from an aesthetic and function or from a form and function perspective, um, it really is what's the design brief that you want to achieve. Yeah, and it's definitely worthwhile going into a showroom and checking out the difference, isn't it? Because it's probably not until you see it in person you can see how that matte solid you know, surface can compare from that tactility point of view and sort of the difference in the substance of the basin compared to the vitreous china or the ceramic and then what that will do, I suppose, for the reflection of light in your room and all of those types of things. It's quite a different experience, isn't it? Well, without a doubt, yeah, as you said, from a tactility point of view, and it really depends. <clears throat> it's not just what you're doing with the basin because then people want the basin to complement the bath um, and or toilet suite. So it really is about, from an aesthetic point of view, what you're doing throughout the whole space. So with the basins and the materials, um, importantly, the materiality, it's not just from a tactility um, perspective, but it's also about what form we can get or what design we can get with the different materials. Because until recent time, very difficult to get fine lines with vitreous china. And so solid surface had a really big play to get fine lines from an architectural and design perspective. Um, and another material uh, with the pressed steel glass enameling that Alape use um, in terms of the pressed steel basins and the, the the quite gloss finish with glass enamelling, three layers of glass enamelling, they've got amazingly fine lines with the pressed steel and real arc, the radius being really tight that you just can't achieve with a solid surface and or vitreous china. So um, the materials play a different part. What's interesting in recent years, um, VC has been VC forever or ceramics have been what they have been forever, uh, but Laufen have come out um, probably about six, eight years ago with a new material called sapphire ceramic where the composition of the material or uh, the compound is very different so they can get extremely fine lines and tight radius uh, with the form of VC of sapphire ceramic. Rocker bringing out fine ceramic to do that as well. So with fine lines becoming a real design trend in recent years, you've seen ma manufacturers really taking a leap beyond um, from a materiality point of view and redefining how VCs um, actually formulated so as to get fine lines. Isn't that amazing that the materiality so informs the aesthetic and kind of the level of, of, of design finish that you get you know, when you look at basins, I think people, it's not until you start to study these details and compare one to the other that you really see, you know, that that basin might have a very rounded edge. It might actually look quite rustic as a result compared to something that's a lot finer, a lot crisper, and then looks a lot more contemporary. And it's really, I suppose, that that result that you're seeking, isn't it, in terms of the overall aesthetic that's going to then maybe dictate the type of material basin that you have to choose to get that result. Yeah, and when people think technology and innovation, they think about um, the customer or the consumer, the, the user experience in terms of what the role of technology is playing. However, uh, what we see is that technology has played a huge part in terms of materiality um, that's brought into the bathroom and what can be achieved. 
Yeah, fantastic. I'm loving this, Danielle. It's so informative. Thank you. Now, can we talk a little bit about tapware? Because that's one thing that I really see homeowners, I see in forums a lot, you know, they can't believe how much a tap's going to cost them. And they really don't know whether it's worth the extra spend. I kind of feel that taps are one of those things where you don't skimp because you have them, your hands on them and your kids have their hands on them and they take a lot of punishment and need to be robust and great quality. What criteria do you suggest homeowners use when they're selecting their tapware to make the right choice? Okay. Once again, functionality and the aesthetics, that, that's the break for the room. Um, and it really is, um, as you said, the item that is touched most um, within the space. So quality is extremely important. Um, we've seen a proliferation of products come onto the market over the past decade Reese is extremely strong on uh, quality. Um, we will test every product that we put out um, under our brand name um, or in our showrooms so that it meets Australian standards and so that it exceeds Australian standards. And the quality is extremely important because um, if you buy something that's extremely cheap, well, you may have to replace that um, within a shorter period of time. So we always stand behind the quality of our products. And so that's what we say is the quality of the product is extremely important. Um, and we will stand behind that lasting the, the test of time. Um, and uh, you'll, you'll see with all our warranties that we've got, uh, I think, from seven years and beyond and to lifetime, depending on what the product is. Um, and also in terms of well, who's using it. So is it a, an older person where the, the ability to, to turn um, is not going to be as easy or with younger children? So that, that informs the type of design that you get with the mixer and or three-piece. Fair to say the Australian market has moved from three-piece into um, mixer land for decades gone by. What we are seeing is a resurgence of three-piece tapware and really being formed from an, from an aesthetic perspective in terms of, um, and we've seen that come through hotels and hospitality and now starting to see that through more so um, powder rooms and other rooms in the home or potentially the, um, the ensuite. Um, so really difficult for me to say which, what do you use, but what basin are you using? And depending on the basin, it will determine are you going to be having a, a basin mixer coming from the hob? If it's a county, you're going to have to get an extended basin mixer. So the size of mixers has really varied over time as the aesthetic of the basin has moved. Um, and if we're doing it in a functional space, the mixer has gone from being on the actual basin itself to being on the furniture to now being on the wall. So what is the design cues you're trying to set for that room? Um, and I'd say... It depends on the the homeowner's brief, you know, what's going to be their um, feature area of the bathroom. And if the, the furniture and basin component is going to be the feature area, then the, the, the tapware becomes the jewel of the of the environment. As we say in kitchens, tapware is the jewel of that bench. Um, so determine where you want to make your investment or where you want to overinvest or what's most important to you in terms of and some people will say tapware and so that's where people will go the extra mile from a tapware point of view um, but you don't need to spend uh, huge budgets you can get good quality tapware at any budget and that's what we set out to do so when we we create portfolios for the Australian market it really is important at a good better best environment that Australian consumers can choose great quality 
great design at any price point. So I think that's really important. And that's what we've been able to bring to the Australian marketplace. Yeah, that's brilliant. Now, I'd love to talk baths with you because baths obviously can be a big investment. They're often the real hero of the bathroom. I find that people will either make the bath the feature or the vanity the feature. People who are wanting a day spa feel are investing in, you know, beautiful freestanding baths for their ensuite and really making it a luxurious zone. And we've got, of course, the freestanding's just been a huge uptake in the last, um, you know, probably decade. And uh, then we've got freestand. we've got... Uh, sort of hob-mounted baths or drop-in baths and then back-to-wall baths as well. And then the materials can be acrylic, they can be enameled pressed steel and they can be cast solid surface as well. So what are your recommendations for choosing a bath and for also making sure that you're going to get the right solution for the room, for the bathroom, and the right material choice as well? Because there's so many low-cost freestanding baths on the market that I know just over time start to split. You can see the joins in them start to open up and they're so disappointing in the result that they create. How how do you recommend homeowners really focus on getting the right finish that's going to last, you know, long-term for them? Yeah, really good question. So, um, as you said, the past decade um, really has changed what a bath means to the bathroom from a function and form perspective. In terms of materiality, I always say it is about personal preference. Once again, what's the vision from a room from an aesthetics perspective? Like, are we, are you looking for a traditional bathroom? Is it neoclassic? Is it modernism? And depending on the style that you're adopting, it really is going to inform or start to inform what materiality the bath will start to take. Um, from a function point of view or um, a user, a user experience point of view, each of those work um, equally well. There are those that say, well, the pressed steel or cast iron, you know, retains the heat better, um, and, and that's the case. But it always comes down to, it's interesting, even when a, if you walk into Reese and a sales consultant, each person will have their own preference as to what the acrylic will do versus the cast iron versus the pressed steel. But what we see in the marketplace really is pressed steel and acrylic um, and solid surface really being the three um, major types of materiality that people are choosing between. Um, once again, I go back to the tactility in terms of getting that, um, if we're wanting that warm or more um, tactile environment, then and you'd be going for the solid surface and giving that more nurturing type feel versus the acrylic. Um, and um, when it comes to the uh, pressed steel, it really is about personal preference. Um, and I do think also the design, you know, so what is the design and which materiality is going to give you the best form of that design uh, comes into it. Um, and what we're seeing from a freestanding bath is as bathrooms are getting smaller, people are still wanting that freestanding look, however, may not be able to achieve it within the space. And so the freestanding back-to-wall bath, as I have to say, the past 18 months we've seen that really take off in the marketplace um, and, and people saying, yes, I want the, the aesthetics of a freestanding, um, but then I want the functionality of that back to wall and still have that shelf at the back that, I, you know, um, from a family point of view, um, can put all the shampoos and soaps and the rest um, for kids. So, yeah, who's the user? What's the experience? And what's the style of the bathroom that you're going with are going to be the considerations as to what the materiality that you're going to select in the end. 
Yeah, I often tell people, think about where you're going to put your glass of wine down um, because <laughs> you, you, um, the freestanding bath that you have to have a stool or something beside it. And I mean, cleaning behind, unless you've actually allowed a decent amount of room, cleaning behind that freestanding bath can be a complete pain. And um, the back to wall also enables you then to use a wall tap, wall mounted tap rather than the floor mounted tap too. So it's it's got huge scope in terms of what it can offer aesthetically and functionally. Yeah, I don't think people need to compromise either because from a, if you're wanting the freestanding and the tapware is going to come off the wall, that's fine. Just get the right length outlet. So it's really about, you know, making working with whomever your designer and or trades are to get the spacings right because you can have a freestanding that's off the wall that is easy to clean and still have tapware coming off the wall rather than freestanding. So it's all about, it's all in the planning, to be honest, so that you match each of the items up um, perfectly rather than picking tapware in isolation of what type of bath you're having or going to create in the, into that space. Because as you said, that bath really is the feature of many a bathroom and it's not just the bath that you need to consider, it's the tapware and location of that tapware with the bath that gives you that perfect look. Yeah, that's great. And make sure you sit in it before you buy it too yeah. often. <laughs> Everyone does. Like, I, I, Even the shy types or introverts will eventually sit in and think, oh, yeah, that would be a good idea because some people sit in it and they change their mind as to what they're looking for um, and, and, and what they end up selecting as their final choice. And interestingly, you know, what we've seen evolve as well is the bath accessories. So um, you mentioned the stool before, but there are a lot of, lots of items. You can have the bath bench uh, where you can place the iPad or your book or your glass of wine, whatever it might be. Um, but, yeah, there's lots of bathroom accessories now that really complement that overall um, feature aspect of the freestanding bath. Yeah, fantastic. And if you're somebody who's going to bath with somebody else, choose one that's got the plug hole in the centre, not at one end. Otherwise, somebody's always sitting on the plug. So. <laughs> now, um, can we talk about vanities? We spoke a little bit about them in regards to basins, but I wanted to just uh, touch on your marketing brain and somebody who really keeps their finger on the pulse of what's happening trend-wise. What are you seeing with vanities generally in terms of what, what people are gravitating towards and what might be coming in the future? Well, we're passionate about bathrooms in general and we're really passionate about um, furniture in the bathroom and have been for a long time. So we've worked really hard to really evolve that space because fair to say if we go back in the in the decades where the bathroom was just about function um, and not so much form, it was the white box vanity um, was the, the typical um, approach um, and or custom joinery that's done in that space. And we saw when we looked at the kitchen space that that really had come a long way in terms of the functionality of the product, but also the design, the, the aesthetics of the product and the materials being used. And so we thought it's as important to bring that through the home and into the bathroom as well. And what we're seeing is that consumers really are wanting a furniture piece. Um, and not just a cabinet where they can store products. Um, you know, Shane and Blaze with storage, storage, storage with the block. Um, storage is extremely important in the bathroom space, so it's about having the appropriate amount of storage, whether that's um, face-level storage with cab mirror cabinets and also the furniture. But what we're seeing is people want to customise, so they actually want to complement what their furniture in the bathroom is with what's happening in the rest of the home. Um, and so we've really started seeing, you know, the bench tops um, 
and cabinetry really evolving in terms of materials being used and the colour palettes being used so as to make a, the, the furniture a feature um, and also that it complements what they're actually doing throughout the rest of the house. And the whole element of customization at any price point, because we don't believe that customization is just for the top end of the market. Um, we've worked really hard so that, you know, many Australians can have whatever form of customization and materials they want to, they want to be able to do to create their piece of furniture. So I think that's where the market's going in terms of there are two or three designs that we can do from a commercial perspective um, in volume and have consumers or homeowners really choose the materiality that suits their design or their aesthetic um, and that lasts the test of time um, and bring in the features of the, the soft clothes and handles or no handles, whatever it might be in terms of functionality, drawers within drawers. Um, you'll see that within our ISI collection, um, it's uh, designed by women for women and you know, having laundry baskets and makeup drawers and, and, and storage in all different compartments and really customise for what actually gets stored in the bathroom space for all the different users. And, um, you know, where the hairdryer and, and, and electrical points are coming um, and hiding those in the furniture. So lots of features, they just keep evolving and evolving with the furniture um, so that it suits the needs of the users in that space. That's brilliant. Now, I wanted to chat to you about showers. Showers are one of these things that I see people, they'll choose on aesthetics and then get it installed and be so disappointed at the flow that comes out of it. And, uh, you know, I've seen people choose very slimline heads and then there's just absolutely, you have to run around to get wet. So, and it takes, you know, sort of half an hour to wash the shampoo out of your hair. Luckily, Reese showrooms actually have shower walls where you can test the flow of the shower itself because they're all going to have obviously meet Australian standards for the amount of water that they project out. But that can still completely change in the way that the shower head is designed and performs. How do you recommend people go about choosing the shower head? Um, because we've got, you know, rainwater heads, we've got wall mounted heads, we've got rails, handhelds, there's lots of combinations. How, how do you recommend people make the best choice for themselves? My favorite topic. Um, fair to say that showers um, is the most emotive space in the bathroom. Um, and also it's the space where, the users of the space, um, being males and females in some households, will agree to disagree because everyone's looking for a different experience. And so that's why, to your point, we have our water therapy um, shower bars uh, where you can come in and test all the different handsets because the water flow does solicit an emotional response. Like some people like a heavy raindrop. Some people love that spray that you get with a satin jet type product. Some people love a really strong spray or uh, needle-like sprays. Not my preference, but we all have different preferences in terms of what we want to experience. And I think that that's really important. And um, that's why we make such a huge investment in terms of that water therapy bar um, because People will walk in and they probably haven't bought a shower ever or for five or seven or 10 or 15, 20 years. And so what they've been living with is very different to what you can achieve today. And you can really have water therapy or day spa at home with where technology has gone, um, technology and or design and water flows that are available through all the different products in the market today. 
you can create a day spa. You can have, and it's very, it's it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg to be able to have that overhead drench with the rail shower um, because some females don't want to wash their hair every day. So um, the rat, it forms different function in there in terms of am I going in and I want to be rejuvenated and reinvigorated and that type of shower is very different to would get in and out and get clean and all need here to relax and just want to have a day spa at home. So all those needs and all those moods happen because think about when you get up in the day, what type of shower do you want to have? It's very different to the type of shower you may want to have at night or the type of shower you want to have on the weekend. And you now today have the ability of creating that little sanctuary, um, or not so little, because fair to say, the shower, when we do our research and we do it every year, it comes up trumps every year in terms of the shower space being the most important space for a homeowner and where they're most likely to um, invest most in. And when we ask the question, which area of the bathroom um, creates most value for your home, homeowners believe that the shower enclosure is where that happens. Um, and so today... Achieve what you want to achieve. It's based on personal preference and the fact that you've got multiple users in that space, you can accommodate for those multiple users with the different outlets so as to create the best of um, function but the best of user experience at home every day. Um, and it is the one product that people say to us when I've recommended it to family and friends. I don't get too many people saying, oh, I love that basin <laughs> that you recommended. But every single time, people appreciate having the best experience they can at home um, by the type of shower they've been able to install or the combination of shower outlets they've been able to install. Now, lastly, we've got toilets. So we're obviously we're looking at uh, in-wall cisterns. Uh, we've got closed couple toilets where the cistern is actually part of the toilet fixture itself. So I see a lot of homeowners think, oh, I'm going to get an in-wall cistern because it's actually cheaper, but they don't factor in the cost of labour and the space in their floor plan to get the in-wall cistern actually created in the wall. Because when you do look at it at a componentry point of view, it does sort of often stack up to be less, but then there's a labour component with the in-wall cistern. How, but that obviously then is an entirely different aesthetic to a close coupled toilet. What are your suggestions or tips for homeowners who are trying to make the choice between the two and perhaps weighing up their budget as well? Okay. So I think <clears throat> number of considerations. First of all, once again, is it the powder room? Is it the family bathroom? What it, what, what space is it? And today there's probably more considerations to think about than just in wall versus close couple back to wall. So that if you've got a small amount of space, you don't really have much choice. Um, your uh, in-wall system is going to be the perfect piece. From an aesthetic point of view, an in-wall in system um, is your preferred piece as well uh, because you want the look of the beautiful buttons on the wall and it really um, minimises the space that a toilet, toilet suite uses in the space and especially in powder rooms. People love that. What's important, because we know that people love that, is that we're able to bring, you actually can get um, uh, different price points when it comes to the in-wall system. It's not always a premium price point um, in terms of the combination of system versus button versus pan. You can have so many different combinations now um, with the ranges that are out there that you can achieve your price points. 
What's, I think, more important from a uh, toilet suite selection point of view is what technology is done. And fair to say, the poor, humble, not the poor, the humble toilet suite is no longer humble. It's probably had the most advancements in um, innovation and technology than any of the other categories. So we talk about rimless toilets nowadays. We talk about smart toilets uh, that's really important. Also, from an in-wall system, if you want that in-wall look, but you don't want to put something behind the wall. You now have the choice of a in-tank um, rocker meridian toilet where the system is actually in the pan and all the functionality sits within the pan and you can put that toilet suite anywhere in the room. It actually doesn't need to even be on a perimeter wall. It's great to see that you can balance getting a really fantastic aesthetic, even for something that's, you know, so functional as a toilet, with getting something that's going to perform, be easy to maintain, easy to clean and um, be durable as well. So, and I, you know, as a side note for listeners, I really encourage you, these are decisions you need to be making before you sign your contract with your builder so that these items don't go in as provisional sums or PC items into your contract. So, you know, you've got the budget to in your contract sum to have the things that you actually want and preferably you've actually selected them you've actually gone in you've chosen the model number you've made a decision and you know that that's priced accurately in your build so that because what often happens is people wait until they you know they just sign up to a contract with a pc item amount then they go into a showroom they fall in love with these things and they find out that the the contract didn't allow for the toilet or the vanity or the bath that they actually wanted and had been dreaming of and they've got to completely revise their selection at that at that time. So this is all decision-making to bring right forward and the Reese showrooms are just a brilliant resource to be able to wander in, test these things out, see the difference between the price points, see the difference between the suites of things in terms of the combination of fixtures and fittings that you might get sort of in one family of products and what kind of aesthetic you're seeking to achieve and what materials and shape you might choose as a result so mm. and, and you know people get quite overwhelmed because they, they don't they haven't shopped the category for such a long time or maybe never shopped the category that they had no idea the number of decisions that need to be made throughout the process and why planning is so important and I think because as you said you know in in the scheme of the home it, it becomes to be a major investment area or um for the home. So it's really important to understand what's available so that you can then prioritise what's important to you. So because it's not about having absolutely every feature item that's you know available to mankind, it really is about, well, what experience do I want to be able to achieve or my family or whoever's in the house I'll be able to achieve? Um, what are the requirements? And then we haven't touched on it, but also how... Is it going to be my lifelong home and I'm going to grow old in the home and do I want to future-proof it so that there are some things you can do from a planning and construction point of view um, so that you set it up for the future um, and but not necessarily use those um, elements now. So, for example, uh, handrails become an important thing in later years. Um, you can put noggins in the walls or get the builder to put noggins in the walls now next to the toilet in the shower space so then when you do have to have that capability, you can easily um, retrofit that into the space or saying, okay, um, do I have an open shower so I make the, the opening wide enough that in time you know, I'd have a wheelchair going through that space or... Um, you know, there are times where we break a leg or whatever it might be and it's 
um, you need to get chairs into that space. Well, you know, we can think differently from a design point of view. That's not so much a Reese product, but from a, a designer's point of view, you can have an inbuilt seat within the shower space. So I think it's yeah really important that people do that pre-planning um, phase and don't get overwhelmed. Just be open to receiving the information and so and, and working with whomever they feel comfortable with to start making decisions of what. <clears throat> sorry, what's important to them um, so that they can really get the best out of that space and the best out of their budget. Yeah, Daniela, this has been a fantastic conversation. You are a wealth of information and knowledge uh, and I think that uh, everyone will have really enjoy such a detailed run-through of thinking about the different fixtures that going into their bathroom. I'm going to pop links to uh, the Reese website on the resources. As I said, there's loads and loads of really helpful um, design guidelines, uh, planners, all sorts of things in terms of really supporting whether you're just doing a bathroom refurbishment or you're building something from scratch in a brand new home and everything in between. And uh, yeah, I can't thank you enough for your time today. It's been fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I've loved it. (laughs) Sharing bathroom happiness. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Thanks a lot, Amelia. How good was that? Isn't Daniela amazing? She had such brilliant advice on selecting your bathroom fixtures. So many things to think about. So many great tips there and strategies for making really good selections yourself, really good criteria to know. And of course, you know, it's amazing what's available, what's possible for your bathrooms. You can always head into a race showroom. They're really fantastic uh, spaces to be able to touch and feel and test and really get an ex- a sense of what's going to be the right fit for you. So head to the show notes, grab links and resources mentioned in the episode and I've got links there for some of the helpful resources on the Reese website as well. And of course, you'll find a link there for Interior Design 101, which is the self-study online program. It's going to help you gain clarity and confidence for the interior design of your future home. Now, inside Interior Design 101, there's actually a lot more of this conversation that I had with Daniela. There's a lot more detail um, than I was able to put into the podcast. So we've got information, we discussed tapware and all of the things that you need to know about your tapware to choose well. We go into some detail about that. Daniela also has some really exciting information and knowledge to share around some of the improvements that are being made in specific fixtures as well. Of course, Reese, keep an eye and look at what's going on overseas. There's a lot of things that are available overseas that we're going to start seeing coming more regularly and more affordably into the Australian market. And I also asked Daniela how she actually suggests that homeowners be confident in their decisions and balance their budget when they've got dreams of luxurious bathrooms. So Daniela's got some great tips with that as well. So if you're keen to learn more about these things, then check out Interior Design 101 because the full interview that I have with Daniela is in there now. Now, in the next episode, we're going to be diving into mood boards and into interior palettes. So, of course, putting together all the ideas and the inspiration, the colours and the textures, combining this all together as a holistic vision can feel a bit challenging and so my special guest is going to have some some really great tips for you to be able to do this more confidently in your home so as always huge huge gratitude to you thank you for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally until next time bye